Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by VirtualTravelEvents.com, the leading digital event platform for travel advisors and travel industry suppliers. The process of attending physical trade shows can be expensive and time-consuming for travel advisors. That's why 95% of travel advisors don't bother with them. The yearly virtual events on weddings, honeymoons, luxury travel, group travel, and so much more put advisors and suppliers together with live presentations, interviews with top industry executives and travel professional peers, live chats, and the opportunity to win prizes for attending and participating. Head over to virtualtravelevents.com to learn more. What's up, everyone? Today is December 21st, a special Wednesday episode of the podcast as we close out 2022 here. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season, but some big news before we bring on today's guest is we have a hotline for the show now, so call in, leave a message if you want, call in with questions, comments. You can hear yourself on the show in 2023. Potentially, that number is 201-381-3017. That's a Travel Pulse podcast number. Again, 201 201- Call in. I'd love to hear from you folks. And if you enjoy the show at all throughout the year in 2022 here, I would love for you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. So let's bring on today's guest. And now joining me on this show is Stephen Scott, CEO of Travel Hub 365 and the Odyssey Travel App. Welcome to the show again, Stephen. Thank you, Eric. It is good to hear from you. Likewise, man. It's good to have you on. And uh, Stephen was on the show recapping 2021 last year and looking ahead to 2022. And I listened to that last night and it was, you know, fun to check out some of our predictions and stuff. And we're going to dive into a lot of what we saw through 2022 and uh, maybe offer up a little predictions for, for 2023. Normally this podcast begins with taking a look at the top trending travel news from the last week. And it dives into a specific theme, you know, just in case this is your first time listening to the show, but you know, this episode a little bit different as we're going to recap some of the biggest storylines of the year in the travel industry. And we jump off with uh, what would speak um, storyline of the year for me, at least was, you know, the ending of COVID protocols in so many different ways throughout the year. You know, the mask mandate ended in March. That kind of jumps out to me as pretty much the top story of Q1, perhaps. So certainly the most celebrated among many out there. It feels like forever ago to me, but, you know, it was just this past March. You know, time time flies. So I sure hope we don't see that rule ever coming back. That said, I still saw plenty of travelers wearing masks throughout the year, and I bet you did too, Stephen, right? Yeah, I, I did. It's, um, it, it is definitely time has flown by. Uh, you know, one of the things I really loved uh, is that the airlines added that extra announcement in there to say, you know what, uh, there's no more mask mandate. But if you have a fellow passenger near you that would like to either wear one or not wear one, uh, please, you know, support their decision. Um, I think that was fantastic because, uh, you know, there was always that stress of who's wearing it, who's not wearing mm-hmm. it, you know, your child wearing it um i think that that extra little bit of uh, that sentence there that they added uh i think helped calm nerves a little bit or or cause someone to say let me not say anything because they're doing the opposite of what i believe and i think that was very helpful for the industry absolutely yeah just go on and, and live your life you know in a world where you can be anything be kind and we certainly need that for a lot of the, the air travel sector as chaos reigned on on things but you know, as far as the mass stuff yeah i think that's going to be a part of some travelers just regular routines i've talked to other advisors throughout the year and they say yeah i still wear a mask and you know that's their choice but uh, i know a lot of families out there certainly rejoiced when that was uh, ended in march in the early part of 2022 as they no longer had to try to uh, get masks on their children on planes which was a big issue for a lot of families out there and why a lot of families chose not to fly as well. So that ended and we saw kind of a a summer stuff, but you know, 
you know, it would go on to be quite the year for air travel and taking a look at air travel's top storylines on the year that the summer chaos is the big one, you know, delays, cancellations, ongoing pilot shortage, staffing issues. I don't think it was the summer of travel hell, like some of the mainstream outlets. I think it was the Washington Post had that headline, you know, they tried to paint it as, but it certainly was some chaotic times for the air travel this summer. Steven, you know, how, how did the summer go for you? How, how, do, how can the airlines uh, make sure that this stuff doesn't really happen? Yeah, you know, from a travel advisor perspective, you know, it, we had so many more people coming back to to book travel again, but especially air. Um, and so the trouble didn't necessarily come from the airline side. For us, it was coming from educating our consumers or re-educating them about what it means to fly. Um, and so some of the disruption uh, occurs when a, a guest uh, forgets that if they don't take the route bound, the uh, return flight's going to automatically cancel. Um, and, you know, things like that were uh, disruptive when you start to say, okay, well, where's the problem coming from? Is it coming from the airlines and the airports or is it coming from the consumer side? Um, and as an advisor, we sit right in the middle. You know, we've got to be able to manage manage uh, those issues for our clients and then also re-educate them or manage the clients when those things are happening. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, when we think about, you know, from the Midwest, we've got this massive snowstorm coming. I'm sure it's going to hit the East Coast a few days after, but we got this massive snowstorm hitting uh, tomorrow afternoon. And, uh, you know, for us to say, oh, no, what's going to happen when that snowstorm comes? That means our summer and fall has not been that bad. Instead of us just saying, here's another thing, we're all looking at it saying, okay, are we prepared for the snowstorm? So I don't think it was as bad as it was projected. I agree. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it as well, too. And, and obviously, you know, Mother Nature, she's going to do her thing. You know, we, we can't control that. That's going to happen. As we saw throughout the year, there were weather issues that ongoing that is going to disrupt things. There are also technology issues, too. So it's not just, you know, the the staffing of of the issue but you know they they staffed up a little bit more for for the uh, winter time here they learned a little bit as far as the airlines and airports did but there's still work to be done on that there's still the ongoing pilot shortage there's still disputes between the airlines and you know their pilots and their staff and their uh you know flight crews and everything so it's certainly gonna be interesting to see how a lot of that has played out in 2023 but yeah it was a learning experience for for a lot of people and like you said too re-educating the consumer out there i think uh, advisors had to do a lot of that throughout 2022 and other air travel news that was a big stuff over the year, JetBlue and Spirit, they merged together. So it was um, quite the storyline. It lasted forever, it seemed. <laughs> it just kept going on and on, the extensions of you know the deadlines to vote and all this. And Frontier almost had it. That was, the, that was what it was first, Spirit, Frontier. And then JetBlue was like, nah, we got this. So <laughs> it was certainly interesting uh, how that played out. What, what did you think of that whole ordeal, Stephen? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the, the back and the forth and the back and the forth. It's um, it, it's almost like um, it's like it's like there's a giant and there's a bunch of, you know, small little trolls just trying to beat at the ankles. Right. You're you're you're, you're looking at it from the consumer standpoint, saying, what are you guys actually fighting over? You know, and so they they the, the combination of frontier and spirit, you know, in those airlines aren't always at the top of. The, the consumer, you know, list, um, but they do serve a purpose for many that are in those regional areas that are the quick back and forth. I know many people in Florida that love spirit because it, it gives them the regional support that they need instead of relying on large carriers that are dealing with, you know, connections coming in from other places. So, uh, yes, they were fighting back and forth, but I'm glad it's all done now. I'm glad uh, we can move forward and I'm excited to see what changes occur um, with spirit. 
um, to you know enable uh, either better uh, better uh, routing or just better service overall. Exactly, there's better service overall. You hear a lot of people love to just crap all over Spirit, and that's what the the mantra is for a lot of people of, of the the um, perception of of them as a brand. And maybe that will change a little bit with this merger for sure. But geography wise, I thought it made more sense. You know, in the initial going, that it would be Spirit and Frontier and and that, but. You know, I've, I've flown Spirit a number of times. I've flown Frontier a couple of times and you get what you pay for. You know, it's budget. It, you just have to know that going in and you can't expect to be, you know, five-star quality when you just paid, you know, a nickel or something. <laughs> but obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know, yeah, you, you right. just have yeah. to. They, they, filled, they filled a spot. And uh, if, if they can, from a price point, uh, pull the other airlines down out of the stratosphere, which they are in the stratosphere right now because of demand and their own recu- recovery, uh, I, I, I'm okay with that. I don't want all of the airlines expensive, right? We need to find a way to pull that down so that everyone can afford to travel uh, in some way. And and that's what I want out of my consumers. We may be a luxury travel agency and a corporate agency, but there's still an element of we want all of our travelers to be able to experience the the, the beauty and travel or the need to travel. And if everyone is, you know, $800 for a direct flight from Philadelphia to Miami, that's a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Pricing was has been a, a big thing throughout the year. And we'll touch on that for sure. And, and looking into 23 on that. But I think that was well said. So moving along to closing out the air travel trendings of the year, you know, we have to take a look at the worst passengers of the year. We're going to have a full roundup coming soon on travelpulse.com. So stay tuned to that. If you can also just Google travel pulse, naughty passengers, and you'll find a bunch of the craziness over the year. Lots of naughty passengers this year, way too many flight Fights on flights, I should say. Uh, that's a tongue twister. But the worst passengers of this year, to for me, are any of the ones who attacked the flight crew. You got to be better, people. Like that is just absurd. But the dumbest passenger of 2022 has to be the guy who provoked Mike Tyson and ended up getting punched a bunch <laughs> way back in April. This drunk guy now has a story. He's probably telling everybody he meets, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's amazing that you know it, it looked as if he was he was overly excited and i'm thankful that it was a situation where he was overly excited because at first glance i i said is he trying to get sued or is he trying to sue mike tyson right right? yeah jump in there and cause someone who can throw a punch to throw a punch right but when you look at it you say wow you know what were you thinking you're asking for it if you if you're going to get punched by somebody don't let it be mike tyson right yeah i mean uh he's one of them <laughs> blame it on the alcohol i guess right yeah uh, so I, I feel bad for mike because you know i'm sure all of he had to call all of his lawyers at the same exact moment to say hey guys you know i'm dealing with i just this just happened right you know yeah. and and he had, you know, he was just minding his own business. So, you know, I hope I'm never famous enough where I have to deal with people like that. But, uh, you know, you definitely we've got plenty of people on board these flights right now that are just unruly or uh, forgot that, you know, there is an etiquette that we have to deal with uh, on, on airplanes that are different from normal situations. So true. And there was just so much hostility over the last couple of years. And then it kind of exploded, as we saw in 21. And we talked about that, too, of the naughty passengers and, and it carried over a little bit. But, you know, some of that uh, complaints and stuff is, is on the decline, which is good to see. But we still see some wild fines in the TSA, crazy TSA fines in 2022. That recap is also coming to Travel Pulse. So be on the lookout for that if you like seeing how wild and crazy fellow travelers were this year and what they tried to bring into the airport. Craziest thing might have been the ones who did their cat or their dog in the luggage. 
uh, or the fact that TSA is now raising fines after finding a record number of guns at security checkpoints this year. It's raising the maximum fine to $14,950. Previously, it was $13,910. So just a, a bump there, but absolutely ridiculous that that is a record setting and we're, we're still there and that's still an issue in 2022. So Stephen, any, any wild passenger stories from the year clients report anything crazy happening during their trips? Yeah. Well, you know, just on the last thing you just said, I mean, yeah. the, the amazing part about the, uh, you know, the, the firearms being trying to be brought through TSA, you all assume, we all assume once we get through that layer that everything's safe, right? They're, they've checked every fork, every knife at every store, every restaurant. Uh, they, no one is packing while you're walking around. Um, you just feel like that is, that is probably the most safest environment in the U S at that point in time. So, uh, it's just amazing that you hear from that story, how much is, is almost getting through. You don't want one to get through because every airport would, we'd all sit back at the same point and say, wait, it, this isn't as safe as I thought it was. Um, therefore are our planes. So that, that story, I'm so glad you guys did that story. It was amazing. I hope everyone goes back to read it. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, the, the the stories that I hear uh, from our travelers are just uh, it's something else. Uh, just there's a little bit more angst, a little bit more uh, people, a little more uptight about their travel. Um, and I had a customer uh, come back from a cruise and say that she saw another customer actually arguing with a, uh, a, a, a guest support person over on MSC cruises because that guest could not go into the uh, the higher end area that is set up with MSC, the yacht club. And that guest absolutely said, well, I paid for this cruise. I should be able to walk around wherever I want to walk around. Um, and they got a full on argument. And so it became a, a site. So um, it's just amazing that, uh, you know, we've got customers that just they they just feel like everything is there is there uh, they're under their ownership and they have to uh, get it. So it's just amazing. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because, you, you know, you ruin the cruise or the travel experience for other people out there. I mean, I just saw a video making the rounds already on, on social media of this woman who just lost her cool lost her shit really and started throwing her luggage at the uh gate agent like the gate agents there with her little like reindeer antler on you know celebrating holidays and she's getting bags thrown at her i'm like come on people like let's be better this is ridiculous right so the one i saw yesterday online uh a guest had just missed her flight and so she then went and destroyed the entire gate area shoving computers and keyboards all over the place um and it looked like it was a grown woman having an absolute toddler fit i know you have a few toddlers running around the house but uh (laughs) there's an element of looking at that video um one you say where's security um two you say you know how did how did it get to that point but i don't think it takes much of a spark when you've got some people um some some folks are it doesn't take a spark they're just upset and they want their way so uh, i hope we don't see too much more of that because there's enough stress on the gate agents alone uh from dealing with the general public um you know i used to work in an airline and um you know there's enough stress happening there to then add on these these folks that are going absolute ape you know what on 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 a, uh, yeah, on a people guest. just just losing their minds over there, going berserk on that, and they're just so triggered easily on on one little thing sets them off, and then yeah, so hopefully less of that in 2023 for sure. We're gonna jump over to another big sector in the industry and taking a look at the cruise industry's top storylines on the year began. You know, the CDC changes earlier in the year really helped move things along. Uh, they dropped warnings back in March, and then on July 18th, the CDC officially ended its COVID-19 program for cruise ships 
as the year went on. There continued to be a surge of bookings in the industry, which is great to see. We love that. You know, summer travel interest for sure. Then you had great deals throughout the fall of trying to get people uh, back on ships. And then you had record-breaking bookings with the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals that were out there. So a lot to love about that time. Then, you know, there are there were discussions throughout the year about, you know, direct bookings for cruising, you know, with consumers doing directly through the cruise lines and not advisors. And then you have the NCFs too, became a hot topic on the year. Norwegian Cruise Line made waves with their announcement back in or November saying that they're going to pay commissions on NCFs. So, you know, it's been quite the year for cruising, Stephen. What have your top takeaways on the cruise industry been for this year? Yeah, it's been exciting. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, Norwegian uh, made the announcement uh, back at Cruise World uh, to uh, start paying out on those NCFs. I mean, they're joining other cruise lines like Virgin and a few others to to make those things happen and, and support those travel advisors who are uh, working extremely hard on their behalf to make these bookings and support the clients. Um, you know, I you know one thing I, I see is that the cruise industry, you know, they had to shut down like that for so long and and opening back up was a process but uh, as we look across they're all open again and they've got the majority if not all of their ships out there but now i see there's a capacity issue um i had multiple times over the last couple of weeks where consumers came to me and said hey i want to book a cruise got the money ready to go and there was no inventory i i looked across all of the cruise lines, I could not find a sailing, even if the guests had the money. So these, uh, and that's covering the next month and a half, really, it was extremely tough. So that causes a problem for three segments. You know, the, the travel advisor wanting to make that close in booking, the cruise line getting the close in booking. Um, and then on top of that, you know, for, for the industry to be able to show that, yeah, this is a, this is something you can do. Um, you know, most destinations don't have that problem. They don't have a limitation on how many guests can go, but a cruise line does have a limitation. So, uh, you know, I, I fear that the demand has gotten to a point for some of these holidays that uh, the cruise industry can't even take in or ingest as much as they want and raising the prices, raising the prices due to, due to, due to demand um, is beneficial to a point. You know, at what point have you just flat out capped out uh, how many uh, what your price point will be for particular sailings when it would have probably more been more beneficial to have more inventory available to get more people on board so that they can spend more on board. And the actual cost of that cruise is not the final cost or the final revenue generator for any cruise line. It's really about once you get them on board, what are they spending on board? And if you can if you're capping out at a certain point. Uh, and, and, I mean, I, I do feel bad for some of the cruise lines when they say, I just can't take in more customers. So I hope there's more building uh, that continues to happen at a record pace because the demand is absolutely there. Yeah, it's a thriving time for the industry right now. It's going to be big in 2023, which we'll touch on a little bit more about the forecast of 23. And I mean, if you were thinking cruising, you know, get get on that, get that booking scrolling because, yeah, it's filling up. So. Yeah. Yes. Jumping over to destinations and the top travel trends on the year, you know, uh, Stephen, what do you think? What was what was hot in 2022? Anything surprised you on uh, on the travel landscape? How it was this year? Yeah, Turks and Caicos. Uh, I, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get down there to participate with uh, Travel Weekly uh, for a luxury roundtable um, and uh, spending a few days uh, with Arnie down there. Uh, that was just uh, you know an amazing thing. But hearing about 
the destination and, uh, you know, how the demand from a luxury standpoint uh, is driving why people travel to the Turks and Caicos. That really, uh, it, it really felt good because, um, you know, luxury travel, I don't feel falls off no matter what the economy does that that high end high net worth consumer they're still moving around the country right they're moving around the world um so places like turks and caicos like maldives uh destinations like dubai are absolutely going to continue to blow up um and for 2022 i actually think the winner of the world cup outside of argentina go argentina um was uh, actually dubai uh, Qatar may have hosted the games, but uh, UAE uh, won out the travel segment because so many people flew to Dubai and just back and forth from the game from there um, to be able to enjoy all that Dubai already has in place uh, without having to worry necessarily about the rules of uh, Doha. They were able to to maximize uh, really that closeness, that proximity. They didn't have to do all the work, but they were able to take care of all of those travelers. So uh, it's really amazing how that happened because I don't think we've had a destination from the World Cup do that before. Right. Yeah. There's certainly, you know, you mentioned the rules and limitations there. That plays a factor, and you know, good good for Dubai jumping on that and maximizing your travel. Yeah. And and how they marketed on that. I think Dubai and the Middle East in general, I think is going to have a good 2023 and they continue to grow in tourism in that sector. You're seeing a lot over there at Saudi Arabia too on um, building up as well. So yeah, for sure on that. And you mentioned Turks and Caicos, you know, the Caribbean, no surprise, they remained a big draw for American travelers as, as it has been since uh, the world started reopening post pandemic here. Maybe we'll get to a fully reopened world uh, in 2023. Time will tell on that but mexico obviously you know dominated as well for a lot of american travelers too inclusive resorts were big and i think you know you got to look at the uh seeking nature and outdoors remained high as well you got to look at beach trips too as a big trend multi-generational travel was huge but yeah there were a, a lot to take in throughout the year but i you know you touch on you know the high end and the luxury that i agree that's not going to go away and i think that fits into sort of a big trend of remote travel and a lot of travelers out there working from anywhere. They just need the internet. A lot of uh, American, you know, any we're global travelers, I should say, not just American travelers. And we're going to see it more of that as well. So, yeah, definitely. There's a, a, an incredible app uh, called Adventurely. Um, I know the founder of Adventurely, and she does, uh, you know, an incredible job of helping people to work remotely from different destinations all over the world. I mean, they kind of do the homework in advance to be able to say, okay, here are the places that are doing a great job at supporting those remote workers so that you can be able to travel and work at the same time. Uh, so they've done a great job. But I also just want to add one more thing as far as uh, destinations. Uh, I did get to travel for a week to uh, Seoul, Korea. Um, and boy, I tell you, they are doing a fantastic job at building brand new luxury hotels uh, from the Sofitel to, you know, all kinds of different brands that are out there are, you know, already brand new and built uh, that are ready for luxury travel. And they did a phenomenal job. So uh, Seoul and Tokyo should absolutely be on the list for 2023. Yeah. And, des you know, speaking of destinations of Asia right there, they're 2022 defined a, a slow comeback for them. I I think people wanted it to be better, but, you know, the restrictions were in place and it took time for things to open with, with Japan not really fully opening back up until October. Uh, Thailand reopened with no COVID testing in May, you know, so it was slowly but surely. And we're going to see that rise in 2023. But, you know, it's going to be a while for China. Hong Kong is getting there. They've recently reduced some restrictions. 
I think Thailand could have a huge tourism boom in 2023. You know, it's more affordable, but the desire for travel to Japan is incredibly high as well because they were supposed to have the Olympics and a lot of people were really looking forward to that. And then COVID happened and, you know, a lot of people just didn't go to Japan or haven't booked it back yet. And maybe we'll see that in 2023. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see uh, which Asia destination really takes the top spot in 2023 because I think the continent as a whole is really going to uh, push it forward and which is great it de- absolutely needs it you know yeah and then also other destinations what stood out to you for for europe this year we didn't really talk much about europe i think croatia and greece really uh took a lot of spots in italy as well for for me anything jump out to you in, in european destinations throughout 2022 yeah i definitely you know the south of france um i i, I was actually shocked to see how busy uh cons was uh you know i got to go on a star clipper sailing through the mediterranean um and when i flew into nice um, I said, okay, this looks normal. Everything's good. A good amount of traffic and business here. But uh, when I got over to cons, uh, boy, I tell you, wow, it was packed. Um, and uh, it just, uh, it really started reinforcing things as we started sailing through over to Monaco and around Corsica. Uh, you know, the European, uh, you know, travel segment, they are they are getting around town. Boy, I tell you. Um, but I, I really, that reinforced to me that there are so many more destinations across Europe that my travelers need to get to um you know i i i love jamaica i love the caribbean but um i though i keep getting so many calls for the same exact destinations every single time um, and then i go out of the box and i get to see that there's so much more out there so i would like to encourage all of us from the travel community to really reinforce that there's there's a lot of destinations out there, especially in Europe, that many of your consumers want to get to and want to see. You just need to open their eyes and and really reinforce that there's specialties, there's amazing food, there's amazing things to do, um, and it's not that hard to get to. So maybe one connection can get you and your customers to wherever they need to go. I love that. Very well said. There's so many underrated destinations out there that need more shine, and I think one that's really growing is where I'm gonna is one destination that I will be going to in February, and that's Portugal. So I'm really excited to report on that. It'll be my first time in Portugal and and to share to our readers at Travel Pulse what it's all about and, and everything there. So looking forward to that. But yes, wholeheartedly agree with you there. Venture out, you know, get call your advice to my consumer listeners out there, you know, t- touch base with your advisors and, and think of something new in 23. You know, we, we did a lot of resurgence on, you know, revisiting destinations post pandemic, you know, people wanted to visit the familiar ones. They wanted to go where they loved and, and things like that. And, but you know, here we are, 2023. Let's move along. Let, let's venture out and experience more of the new out there. So that wraps up pretty much what was going on in, in 2022. I do want to touch on, before we just dive in a little bit further into 2023, a look ahead, I want to touch on, on the most read stories on Travel Pool, some, some of the most read pieces out there um, on our website this year. One of them was uh, took top was uh, Flying with Weed, TSA Marijuana Rules Explained. Basically, in short, you legally cannot fly with marijuana, but tons of people Google about flying with weed, and this story really proved that as it crushed in the traffic on that. But the marijuana tourism industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, reports of it being $17 billion currently, and it's only going to keep growing at a high rate, a total pun intended there. But yeah, a lot of people are really interested on that, and Google power search there also pulling in from the entertainment side of things as another most read story on the site was real life. Yellowstone Ranch lets guests live like the Duttons, and that is on the Yellowstone show. The 2,500-acre 
um, Chief Joseph Ranch in Darby, Montana, doubles as the show's fictional Dutton Ranch. It's not only a real-life historic landmark, family homestead, and working ranch, it's also a guest ranch with cabins available for rental when the show is not filming, of course, but it also sells out super fast, and that was published in the end of 2021, actually, a few days before the start of 2022, and it just continued to get read all throughout the year because people love that show and you know tv and movies and everything expi- inspires travel so much out there and i really love to see that right steven that's right especially uh the you know new tv show um second season here we we're we actually got uh, sicily sicily is absolutely booming right now for uh, oh yeah the after travel. the white lotus yes. yeah right so uh you know i was already looking at hawaii uh for the first season now now we're looking at sicily so the travel is uh very much tuned into television yeah, I'd love to, love to see that. People get inspired on that. I have, I've heard great things about the White Lotus, but I have not had a chance to dive into that yet. And the land of uh, paternity leave over here has me a little busy. So uh, mostly that's just right. watching uh, sports is on the TV in the background because that's easier to just have something on as opposed to being able to fully tune in as you know a, to- a toddler is running around screaming and a baby's crying and everything. But hey, that's, that's life and I am loving it so much. Mm-hmm. And I will get to these TV shows later and and look forward to that but that's that's where we're at and and i i certainly love that a lot of people out there are you know googling about de- destinations after they watch a tv show that that's that's good for the industry it's good for travel too so another most read story is all was the world's safest countries and cities for 2022 the top three countries according to berkshire hathaway travel protection were iceland new zealand and canada and the top three cities montreal amsterdam and tokyo so your thoughts on safety and travel Stephen? how much does that word come up in 2022 with your clients probably not as much as 2020 and 2021 but you know certainly intriguing that uh that this was still a most read piece throughout the year yeah you know uh, it, it is uh it is still on the minds of, of travelers uh, sometimes you have to pull it out of them a little bit because because you mentioned the destination just as we talked about a few segments ago uh saying let's open up to new places to go the first thing on someone's mind is usually the the danger or non-danger and so if they already have heard a story from two years ago or five years ago about something that happened it's still a live event for many of our travelers yeah. it's as if it's still happening yet it, it happened three or four years ago so you have to be uh, as a travel advisor we have to be current on our events we have to be able to understand what's happening around the world um but yes this uh, the country list was fantastic the entire list is fantastic and the city list is fantastic as well i think some other things that factor in uh especially when it comes to the cities um we have to understand as well uh, over tourism so over tourism can also be a slight danger in itself, because if you're going to a destination that they are kind of pushing back a little bit, um, Amsterdam is pushing yep. back a little bit uh, on the types of travelers they want. Uh, Tokyo, they're uh, pushing back a little bit as far as, uh, you know, what is happening when those consumers get into their small little towns. Uh, you know, you you had across the world uh we all stayed in our homes for a very long time. We didn't, we didn't see right. travelers walking around. The next thing you know, the doors open and thousands of us are walking around our local communities uh, across the world. That is a disruption and technically a danger when you say, am I going to be welcome in the cities that I'm, I'm traveling in? Welcome, being welcome is a factor of being a danger or a non-danger. Um, and so that is something I've heard from my consumers and I have experienced myself as well. Yeah, I think safety is still going to be a top priority th- th- throughout 2023 for many, whether it may not be COVID related, you know, as it, that was kind of the main 
focal point as far as safety was over the last couple of years here. But yeah, you mentioned over tourism and that that was a lost you know, subject that was huge in 2019 and was such a, such a talked about point. And then obviously we're all home for a while. And now, you know, I think that's really going to come back up in 2023. And, and as it should, you know, there are a lot of destinations that should be doing the things that they're doing to, to combat that because it, it can be an issue and you don't want to, you know, hamper a travel experience for other people out there just because you, you're so mm-hmm. greedy and you're focused on all the dollars and everything of getting people in there, but then it's just a terrible experience and no one wants to come back or they just trash your city and yada, yada. So you know, we'll yep. see how that plays out in 23 with some of these super, super popular destinations. That's right. Yeah, but as really as it goes to safety, you know, make sure you get travel insurance, folks. So Allianz Global Assistance, they won the Travi Award for Best in Travel. So check them out for your insurance needs on that. But yes, travel insurance, work with a travel advisor, always my top two travel advices. When anyone asks me anything about travel related, as soon as they hear I work in travel, they're like, yeah, well, what's this? What's destination? And I'm always like, work with a travel advisor, get travel insurance. That's the go-to. It's got to be in industry-wide thing that we continue to push forward on on those. And as we look ahead now to 2023, Stephen, what do you think 2023 has in store for the travel industry at large? Any trends from 2022 that you think will carry over and kind of at least dominate maybe the Q1 here? Uh, Yes, I uh, definitely feel that uh, now that we are all able to get back together in family environments uh, during the holidays. Travel is going to be a big part of the conversation. So we've all been spread apart and now we're back together. I think that that uh, that conversation of travel and the, the family gatherings is going to spur group travel. And so 2023 for group travel, I think it's going to really grow um, because we're able to get together now, talk about it and start making things happen. So uh, group travel is going to be my expectation for growth for the next year. I love that. Yeah. Um, So much of, you know, if anyone did travel at the end of 2020 and then certainly we saw throughout 2021, a lot of people just visited friends and family. Maybe they went to a different destination with them, but a lot of people just went to their friends and family's houses because they hadn't seen them in so long. And now we're all getting together again here coming for the holiday season. This is such a talked about travel time for the new year. Where are we going to go in 2023? And yes, group travel, I think is going to thrive. Same with multi-generational travel on that. We had a recent trip advisor research. They found that relax and rejuvenate was the main trip purpose for 50% of travelers globally from their survey. They had, they saw travelers searching for never before uh, most popular search terms with beach um, searching like never before, should I say with the beach being the top one with 4.8 million searches resort with 3.2 million searches on TripAdvisor, and spa was searched 1.7 million times. So I think that continues in 2023 too with travelers still seeking those and Beaches are always going to remain popular and it's just going to add in more families on that. However, what's really going to carry over so far, and it's going to, we talked about this a little earlier on the show, is high prices. You know, that shaped the decisions for a lot of travelers out there in 2022, especially, you know, towards the end here of the year. But that's going to, I think, carry over in 2023. Inflation has made its impact, you know? Uh, yes, I, I've absolutely seen an impact with the inflation. Um, sometimes you feel like, uh, you know, our gas prices have absolutely dramatically gone down here uh, in the Chicagoland area. Um, but you still know that those businesses are dealing with a, a recovery effort. So other things such as travel, it may take a little bit longer for those prices to go down, but you never know. Are they going to let them go down? Or are they just going to increase the rate? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, w- are, are we going to be okay with uh, paying high prices forever? I, I don't know. I think it is a deterrent for many to travel. Um, even if you can afford it, you don't want to spend all of your money on travel. Uh, even though we all want to travel, 
and and do great things. Uh, so I think uh, inflation is going to continue to be an, uh, an element. But of course, um, as stock markets uh, go up and down and up and down, that that does have an effect on travel. I didn't believe it before, but I believe it now that I have clients that are high net worth. So it's just going to affect what they do as opposed to where they go. Right. Yeah. And which which destinations they decide to pick on, at least from that luxury side of things but you know for the budget traveler out there or just you know middle class america and then the you know traditional family of consumer the average one will say not the traditional but yeah that's they're going to get priced out on some places and they're going to look to you know where they can find the deals and i think that's where your travel advisors come into play is you know if you're a consumer out there you've got to jump on with an advisor and they're going to find you a deal if that's what you're mostly focused on is the price point is the money you know, work with someone who's going to help you in that regard the most, as opposed to just trying to do it yourself. Because chances are you may think you found something, but you're probably still overpaying a little bit if you went by yourself on that thing. So that's, that's right. And and I will also say as well, uh, even if you are uh, on the luxury side of things, uh, protection of your money, no matter how much you spend, uh, is important. And that's where Travel Advisor comes into play. Uh, they, they are really your insurance uh, in some ways to be able to know that, okay, the value I'm spending on this is going to be maximized by using that advisor because they know the best places to go. They've got the best perks that are going to be coming at them. Um, and then also ensuring that things are supported if something goes wrong. You don't want to be mid-trip uh, and have something occur and you have no one to turn to besides someone at a front desk counter or uh, at the airport counter. You want to be able to call someone and say, what do I do? <laughs> and that's uh, that's the benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. So we touched a little bit about earlier on some of the destinations that are booking hot already. You know, Europe is is resurging. We're seeing, you know, Asia going well, too. And, you know, Sicily, you mentioned, you know, from the, from the show and stuff. So Italy, I think, is going to be thriving. So any any other destinations that we really haven't mentioned yet on the show that you think might um, thrive or is is already clicking hot, you know, for, for 2023 bookings? Yeah, a, a mixture of uh, Morocco and uh, there are new hotel openings uh, out there. There's new Conrad that's opened uh, in Morocco that uh, it looks absolutely amazing. Um, but between Morocco and Spain, uh, Spain had a major drop off for us because uh, they were one of the first to get hit by uh, covid Right. And so um, there's there's a there's a dampening effect on what the consumer knows about where they want to go when 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 you're the first to get hit by something. And so Spain was the first to get hit. So I definitely saw the drop off of people wanting to go there. Um, And so now that uh, it's kind of gone away, we can see they've done what they needed to be able to uh, protect their population um, and and move forward in an organized way. Um, And so now we're starting to get those requests again for Madrid, Barcelona, et cetera. Good. That, that it's good. The requests are coming in there. I've never been to Spain, but I've heard amazing things. My wife has, and she likes to rub it in my face. But hey, that's what you, you like sometimes, you know. But I have been to Morocco, and she hasn't, so I rub that back in her face. But yeah, Morocco is absolutely stunning and beautiful. So put it on your list if you've never been. For for me, what I've been seeing as far as destinations, why I've talked about a lot too domestically here. I got to shout out to the U.S. here for sure, and Alaska. I think Alaska is going to have a really good 2023, and I, I really they need it. You know, it's been it's been a rough go for sure on that, and you're going to see. You know, with Alaska cruising too, picking back up. So Alaska, I think, will will really thrive for uh, U.S. destinations here in 2023. And obviously, you're going to see the big cities pick back up, you know, as they have been as we emerge out of this stuff. So I think, you know, a lot of people were still seeking nature and they, they do that, you know, in the national parks and everything. But I think the cities will will see a bit of a boost, too on that but as far as you know i mentioned alaska cruising when what uh, cruising in general we touched a little bit about you know 2023 but what would you like to see happen that we haven't talked about at least so far what would you like to see happen in 2023 for the cruise industry 
Yeah, I, I I really love to see um, more of the ships being built on the luxury segment. So uh, I'm really excited uh, that Ritz Carlton Yacht Collection finally launched this year. Uh, you know, they were uh, you know on hold for so long, um, and then now we've got uh, another amazing brand coming out, Explora. And so Explora uh, Cruising is going to bring in more of that premium and luxury consumer with great mm-hmm. destinations. Um, and then, of course, there are cruise lines that are uh, winning awards that uh, have just launched. So the amazing wins by Virgin Voyages over at uh, the Travi Awards. Uh, I mean, they were they were taking home the gold in a couple different places. And uh, I think they bring an element of something different. And so luxury always pushes uh, uh, something different um, and then unique experiences with cruising is going to bring more people into the fold and then they branch out. Um, and of course, Royal Caribbean, they continue to just really blow away uh, expectations with the types of ships that they're building and the excitement that happens on board their ships. Um, you know, I think it's going to be uh, an incredible experience in cruising uh, over the next year. Um, and I'm excited to see those numbers continue to grow. Same, same. And I'm excited to see these new ships as well. Always love to see that. There's exciting stuff on the horizon in the shipbuilding aspect. And uh, for me, what I would like to see is just, you know, a a continued rise in river cruising. I really love river cruising. And I really hope there's kind of an industry push to maybe get a little bit younger people more intrigued by it because there are millennials out there who do have money. You know, a lot of the the stigma around river cruising is that it's, you know, stiffy or old people or, you know, it's, it's not fun or it's, which is for, can't be further from the truth. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I, I want to see that. And that's what I, I'm hopeful for in 2023 as far as cruising aspect of those. And I will forever be a big pusher to get people to take a river cruise because it is fantastic. That's great. And, you know, you by Uniworld was uh interesting push. I, I, if I were a uh, part of their marketing team, uh, I'd say let's try to do something, yes, the thought process is to skew younger in its elements, um, but I think they might have went at the bare bones edge of the younger younger group. Uh, I, as a Gen X person, I, I sit here and I say, you know what? There's there's still more middle ground we can attack here, right? Let's there's uh, there's an older crowd, and but if we want to go younger, we don't have to absolutely go to a 19, 20 year old uh, uh, aesthetic or experience right. in pull into that you know 20s to, to 40 year old area and and, and attract many more people to the river cruising industry but i'm not a part of their marketing departments but i sure am trying to do that from my marketing department so we'll go from there gotcha i mean sometimes as an advisor you, you need to do that you know market find a way to you know what's going to work for you you know your clients best you know so you have to can't necessarily rely on them too much and you have to find ways to make it work for you so kudos to you for, for doing that you know but as yes. we as we close things out here any any bold predictions for 2023 you know i went back and i looked at our or listened to our, our show last year as you were on you know the recap and look ahead show with me and uh, mine at the end of 2021 show was a uh, big prediction would be three million tsa passengers screened for thanksgiving um, in one day, that is, it was, cl- it was close, not quite, you know, it topped out at uh, 2.5 million on that one. So, and, and then I also predicted that the cruise industry would bounce back really strong in 2022. So sort of got that one right. Like, like to see that yours was about more extended trips inside countries instead of just hopping from country to country on long vacations. And, uh, so how'd that play out? And, uh, what are you, what are you thinking for, for 2023? Any, any 
uh, predictions on on the small end or, or bold extravagant predictions you want to want to throw out there? Go for it. Yeah, I, I definitely think we're going to push to the high end because, uh, as I mentioned before, um, with all of us being able to come back together, uh, visit each other at the family's houses, big group events, big family events for the holidays here. First time in a while that everyone's thinking about that. I think it's going to spur more group travel, which really is going to multiply those numbers. So I think we're going to come in on the higher end. Uh, if not record breaking for 2023 in multiple different areas. Um, I think the cruise uh, industry is going to get back up to big numbers again. Um, and then uh, the airports are going to continue to push big numbers uh, as well. So I am on the high end uh, of uh, expectation. Um, I think inflation is going to, uh, yes, play a part, but uh, it's an expectation now as opposed to uh, something that is happening to us uh, on the spur of the moment. So uh, I think uh, big things are going to happen this year. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, a lot of people have been forecasting it won't be full returns until 2024, and that may happen. But I, I think 23 will exceed expectations from these um, prognosticators out there of, of, of their data, data and everything like that and what they're forecasting. So I think we're going to see a boom on that. I think summer's going to be really big for a lot and a lot of different destinations as we've touched on, you know, earlier in the show. But I will, I am going to run it back with a 3 million number for Thanksgiving 2023, the highest ever was 2.9, or just under 2.9, I should say, on on the Sunday after Thanksgiving in 2019. So, if not for inflation and the fear of travel chaos that you know happened over the summer months, that was kind of built up in the mind of the consumers of of why some people didn't fly this time of year. But I think it could have happened in 2022 at that three million mark. But uh, we'll never know. But you know, it's uh, here, here's to hoping we hit that three million mark sometime in 2023 because it would just be it would be huge. It'd be a milestone for travel, and I certainly think that. It's going to be a big year in 2023. I'm fully excited for it. So, Stephen, I thank you uh, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, jump on and talk travel trends and news and exciting things for all of uh, what's to come in 2023, man. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I definitely want to say uh, we've done some great things with the Odyssey Travel app yes. uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, we've actually uh, in, inserted uh, some pretty awesome social aspects uh, to the travel search experience uh, that I think really makes us unique uh, in travel. So uh, take a look and uh, can't wait to see everybody interacting with us online. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was my final thing was give, give a plug to what, what you need to. Anyone can reach out to you and follow you on the socials or things like that. What else would you want to plug beyond your awesome travel app. Yes, thank you. So Travel Hub 365, uh, we've been going now since uh, 2015 and uh, we, we are steadily growing. We had a record year this year. Uh, we've got a mixture of great entertainment accounts, uh, corporate accounts, sports teams, and some fantastic leisure travelers along the way. So, um, you know, I'm excited to uh, meet more people, uh, experience more destinations with them, um, and absolutely start uh, group trips this year for 2023. That'll be a first for us. So uh, we're going to have a fantastic year and I can't wait to speak to more people on it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that and, and meeting new people as well throughout 2023. So hopefully everyone has a wonderful, safe, happy holiday season and a great kickoff into the new year. And if you're thinking about goals, you know, toss some travel in there, make make a travel goal as well. And remember that we have a Travel Pulse podcast hotline number now, 201-381-3017 is the number. Give us a shout and you could maybe hear yourself on the show in 2023 if you have any questions or comments on that. And if you've enjoyed the show and you made it this long into the episode, thank you for listening. You're a loyal listener and I love you very much. I would love for you to leave a review wherever you are out there listening. So thank you so much for your time, everyone. Have a great week 